Happy April 1st, 2020, dear listener. I appreciate you tuning in yet again to this bonus episode of This Present Darkness. Just wanted to real quick hop in. I normally do not do this before a story, but um, I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone in your house is doing well. And uh, like I said in the previous episode, if not, please feel free to reach out to me. I am happy to do what I can. I I don't know exactly how much I can do, but I'm happy to do it um, if I can be of some help to you. Um, I do have a favor to ask in this time. I am... um, I have putting all this content that would normally be, you know, Patreon only, so the making ofs and the bonus stories as I, as I'm able to, um, I'm putting them up on the regular feed and suspending all payments through Patreon um, while I'm doing it. So all the content that would normally be there is coming here for free, and as well as if you are a patron, um, I'm of course making it available free everywhere. Um, however, I am asking that. Since I'm suspending billing um, through all of April, and I'm also going to do it through all of May at least, and until we're out of the woods of this, whenever that may be, maybe through June as well, who knows. Um, but I'm suspending billing on, on all those months. But I would ask um, if you are able and willing to become a patron while the billing is suspended um, at you know whatever tier you want. Um, it, just so that I can I can start building that back up again, um, at, you know, as as a resource for for me and my family. Um, whenever this does come back, I would give you all plenty of heads up before I turned it on. You know, I I wouldn't want to surprise anybody with extra finances, especially coming coming right out of this thing. Um, but if if it's possible, I would I would love for you to join us there on the Patreon page. Um, like I said, it'll be free um, through all of May, if 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 potentially not through June. And and again, I would I would give you all plenty of heads up. Um, several weeks, if not a month's worth of heads up before I turn billing back on for the next month. Um, but that would be a huge help to me if you would think you'd be able and willing to, when this is all over, support us in that way. That would be awesome. Um, and that, that's the only favor that I ask for now. And if not, no worries. I totally get it. I um, just thought I would I would ask the favor out there to, to all of you all wonderful listeners because I know you're that awesome. So anyway, um, today's story is called My Shadows. It's a bonus story. It's actually the very first, if I can remember right, it's the very first horror story that I wrote um, when I was thinking about making this podcast, and so I wrote this a couple of years ago, and um, it's shorter, it's only about a 15 minute episode, and and, um, that was me, you know, just starting out and into trying to figure out how to write a good good, uh, horror story, Um, but I really hope you enjoy it nonetheless, I hope it's as good as as the others, and um, we got plenty more to come down the pike, including a few surprises. So stay tuned to this present darkness and enjoy this next episode, My Shadows. When I woke up, it was just before dawn on a rainy Saturday morning. So all the rooms in our house had that sort of bluish light that comes in through the blinds, and everything and everyone was sort of in this shadow. I listened as I normally do to see what actually woke me up, but I was willing to bet my four-year-old was out of his bed and playing with all kinds of imaginary games in his room, just waiting for one of us to go in and play with him. My wife had been getting up with him all week while I was going into work, so I slightly turned over her direction and I just sleepily said, I got him. I sat up on the edge of the bed and I looked at my phone. 6 a.m. I sighed heavily and shook my head slightly and began a stiffened morning limp down to my son's room. There was just a little bit of light coming in through his room because the sun had come up on the other side of the house, so 
The already kind of dim morning left just splashes of diffused light in his room. But there he was, right there in the middle, playing with one of his figurines on his rug, his bed completely unkempt, PJ's half on, his little silhouette just sitting there. It was one of the sweetest things you can imagine. I smiled and I said, good morning, buddy. I saw his little head look up quick and he said, oh, hi, daddy. Come and play dinosaurs with me. Now, dinosaurs were, of course, the preferred plaything, and the T-Rex, like it was for many boys, was the king of them all. I opened up his gate and sat down on the floor with him and started playing with the raptors. To be honest with you, it was early and I was still half asleep, and more than once found myself opening my eyes with a new set of dinosaurs in my hand as my son was muttering some sort of gibberish dinosaur talk. Sometimes in these moments, as a parent, as sleepy and almost unaware as you are, even there in the half-light of this room, you just find yourself in wonder of your children, asking yourself how you can be so blessed, how you can love one little person that much. I stared at him for a little bit, and I listened, and... Eventually, I just sort of put my hand on top of his head and leaned forward and kissed it. He kept right on playing, but slipped in, and I love you, Dad. And it made the sleepy, rainy Saturday morning feel warm and cozy. Dad? A smaller voice came from the room next door, a little less pronounced, somehow even more innocent. My daughter... She was normally woken up by the sounds of her brother playing, and she'd call out because she didn't like missing out on the fun. This little one was maybe the most loving creature that God ever made. She loved her brother, she loved her mommy, and she loved me, and she was just that special kind of kid who will hug you for hours if you let her. I walked over to her room, and she'd already made a bit of a wreck of it before she decided to make herself known. And that's how she was, a little bundle of lovable chaos. We sat down on the edge of her bed, and she read to me in a way that only a two-year-old could make sense to them. Doesn't really need to make sense to you. It's the best kind of reading that there is. I took her little face in my hand, and she sort of tilted into it while still looking at her book. Even here in the early dark, I knew every contour, every texture of that little face. I leaned in and kissed her on the head, too. While she kept reading, I turned and I looked out her window, surveying the clouds and the rain. And then I looked down at our driveway, and I was a little bit puzzled. Where I expected to see our gray Highlander, I saw a blue Prius. I sort of furrowed my brows in confusion. And then, I froze. It hit me like a moment that knocks the wind out of you. Like looking at your clock when you wake up late, jerking awake just before you fall over when you fall asleep sitting up in a chair, or like looking at a road only to look up and see brake lights trying to stop in time. It just 
pure adrenaline coursing through my veins. My heart was pounding and my body was already shaking. In my morning stupor, I'd honestly forgotten what had made up these last few days of my life. It was just part of my routine. Get up, get the kiddos, go back, get mommy, go downstairs, start the day. Three days ago, my routine changed forever. We did the usual get up and get ready, but I was off work that day, so we took our time. It was just like today, lazy, but we were running out in the morning because we'd promised the kids we would, so here we were. Come the high water outside, a promise was still a promise. We loaded up the car and went for a drive. And the hardest part of all this is... I still remember that little bit of chaos and terror before I blacked out. Gives me that same feeling that sitting here at this window in a moment of horrific recollection all at once did. We had been hit by a speeding car that had pushed us into the intersection and they couldn't stop. In the rain and time, our car got hit hard twice, both directions, by traffic. The driver who pushed us into the intersection was convicted of three counts of involuntary manslaughter and reckless endangerment. But all that didn't really mean much to me. I just wanted the sadness and guilt to be gone. I don't know why I survived. And it's made so much worse by the fact that there's quite literally nothing wrong with me. I might have knocked a tooth a little bit loose from the airbag, but that's it. Nothing happened to me. And now, sitting here, staring down at this rental car I'd been using in the day since the accident. I noticed all the sounds in my son's room and my daughter's room had stopped. But I could still sense them behind me. I was in a paralysis of fear and sorrow. And I didn't know what I'd see when I turned around, but I had to make sense of, of what just happened. I had to know what was going on. So I turned as slowly as I've done anything in my life. There standing at the gate of her room was the still familiar silhouette of my daughter. The sun had started to rise outside so the rooms were beginning to become brighter but I realized that my daughter was still in full silhouette. Just behind her, I could see my son standing at his gate. And there, down the hallway, standing in our doorway to the master bedroom, was the silhouette of my wife facing me. 
felt like I just stared at each of them for eternity and none of us said anything. I didn't even know how to form a thought or a word at the moment. As I was looking down at the figure of my wife, my glance caught the glint of a bottle sitting in the hallway just past the entrance to my little girl's room. And another a few feet further down. Three days of drinking can play with your mind, mix it with no sleep, and dehydrating yourself to death because your body refuses to stop sobbing, and you've got a hallucination waiting to happen. But I knew that wasn't true. This wasn't imaginary. I focused my brain to be sure of it. No faces visible, but there was no denying the recognizable forms of each of these three. I didn't really know what to call them, phantoms, apparitions. I finally cracked my voice in the silence. I didn't know if these were demons or something else, my family coming to haunt me, to exact some sort of revenge on me, but I felt completely out of control. So I said the one thing that came to mind, the one thing I've been muttering to myself for days, through sobs, through drunken stupors. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I fell to my knees weeping and looking intently into the void where the faces I loved once were. And I repeated it over and over. For a moment there was still nothing. And then finally one of them moved, my little girl, or whatever it was that took her form, moved one step toward me. And then another. And her mother and her brother followed suit. Fear and peace had both reached a crescendo inside of me at this point. If I was to die, I'd almost rather it no other way. As my daughter reached me first, I felt her little hand grasp my face and rub my cheek with her little thumb. It was my daughter's hand. There was no question to me. I didn't need to see her face to recognize her sweet touch. My son followed by coming up and hugged me around the arm, resting his sweet little head on my shoulder, his little form fitting into the crook of my neck as perfect as it had ever done. And finally, the silhouette of my wife moved in front of me and knelt down. I was most afraid of her because I knew I'd broken my oath. My oath to protect her, to protect our children, and I had failed. I'd only managed to protect myself entirely unintentional, and if I could force it the other way around, I would. I would a thousand times, but I couldn't. I had lost her, and I had lost our children. 
but she grasped the other side of my face. And with her hand, she rubbed my tear away. And in the end, she somehow leaned in close and she kissed me. It was my wife's lips. It was my daughter's hand. It was my son's head. They felt exactly the same. Even though I couldn't see any detail beyond that shadow, it was not fully natural yet somehow comforting. They all leaned in close and rested on me there. And I embraced them all as tightly as I could. I closed my eyes and I said, I love you. I love you. And I repeated it again and again. And in unison, my wife's voice, which I longed to hear once more. My son's voice, which had given me so much perspective in his short little life. And my daughter's voice, which cleared every weed of bitterness from my soul, said, We love you. With my eyes closed, I held them there for what seemed like the most glorious eternity. When I opened my eyes again, the figures were gone, and my arms were wrapped around my own body. My daughter's room and my son's room and our room were all as they were the day of the accident. Beds made, toys away, closets shut. But in that moment, I was so overwhelmed with peace and gratitude. Prayed. I said thank you. I'm not sure how real all of this seems to you, but real to me looks a lot different than it ever has, and to be honest, my faith in what lies beyond has never been stronger. I don't know how long these shadows will last, but they are a gift to me. And I will remain grateful for them until my dying day, when I finally see them all face to face once more. My son, my daughter, my wife, my shadows. <laughs>